The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. God, you always know what we need to hear. And so this morning, we simply ask for the grace to listen to what you have to say to us. We pray this today in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's something about change, particularly a season of change, that I believe, or at least it's been my experience, that it causes you to reflect a little deeply than you normally do. And so lately, Pastor John has been inviting us to a season or an attitude of gratitude, right? And so that just invites us to take a moment in our day, take a moment in our week, to literally bring to memory the things that we are thankful for. But it seems like any kind of interruption, especially an interruption that involves change, just begs us to, to really reflect and, and what are we really thankful for. And lately, I have found myself not so much thankful for what I have, but thankful for who I have. The people that have been in my corner. And something that I, that I know to be true, and I bet you know that to be true as well, is that most of us don't get very far without other people in our corner without other people opening the door for us, or at the very least, holding it open long enough for us to finally make our way there and seize an opportunity. And we ought to be thankful for that. Because I believe it's one of the ways that God works in all of our lives. And so this morning as I read this text, and I read the story of Peter going out to see Jesus. You know, Peter was desperate to see Jesus. You remember the Easter story a couple of weeks ago where he was the first one. I mean, he ran to the tomb. He was the first one to, to get there and to, to inspect everything. I mean, he was desperate to see the Lord. And on this particular occasion, he goes, he goes fishing with his friends and as they spent all night fishing and they didn't catch a single thing, in the morning, we run into a familiar scene, almost a, a deja vu kind of moment, where Peter and his friends are on the boat and Jesus is not. You recognize that scenario? He seems to have been in that situation before, right? In fact, uh, the, the way the Gospel of Matthew tells this scenario, the one that happened before, was that it was dark, it was uh, kind of scary, and suddenly the disciples are aware of a figure that is walking towards them on the water, and they are freaked out of their minds. And so it is Jesus that says to them, take courage. It is I. Take courage. It is I. 
And it is not until after Jesus says these words that Peter engages Jesus and says, if it's really you, Lord, let me go out to you. Let me walk on the water too. Let me go see you. And so the story goes that Jesus invites him into the water. Peter walks towards him, and he's doing well until he takes his eyes off of Jesus. He remembers that he's merely human, and he's not supposed to be walking on water, and this is just crazy. And he falls, and Jesus has to rescue him. Fast forward to John 21. After the resurrection. And we have a familiar scene. Peter and his friends are on the boat. Jesus starts talking to them, telling them what they ought to do to catch more fish. And they haven't quite recognized that it is Jesus just yet. But notice that in, that in and all the confusion and all the trying to figure out who it is, Jesus doesn't have to say to them, take courage, it is I this time. No, it is actually the beloved disciple, the beloved disciple that says to Peter, curios esteem, that's the Greek for it is the Lord. It is the Lord. And from that moment, that is all Peter needs. He doesn't have to question he doesn't have to call out to Jesus again like he did before. Is it really you, Lord? That's all he needs. He puts on his clothes, he jumps into the water, and he goes after Jesus. Now, I love that the gospel writer includes a little tidbit about them being about 100 yards away. Because every good Texan that has watched a game of football knows how far that is. And if you've ever seen a play that takes 100 yards, you know that's not like quick. And you're talking world-class athletes, right? And it's exciting. I mean, you have enough time to set your popcorn and your drink to the side and get up and start cheering before those 100 yards are up. So we know that Peter swam with all his might and he gets to the shore and he meets with Jesus. And then the story continues to unfold beautifully from there. It's a story of redemption, of restoration, of affirmation of God's love. And it's a story of commission. Peter's given something to do with the rest of his life. I mean, this is, a, this is a mountaintop moment for Peter. And it is a mountaintop moment for Peter because someone, someone pointed it out to him. Someone held the door open and he said, this is where you need to go. This is where you need to stay. And it was that beloved disciple that said to him, Curios esteem, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. It is the Lord. And so this is what I have to say for you. To, and I think that God wants to say to all of us this morning, 
is that we all need that person in our life. We all need the people, the persons or the people that are the door holders in our lives. The door openers and the door holders and the door pointers that we allow to hang around our lives and our hearts that in the moments where we need to see Jesus, and we all know what kind of moments those are, in the moments that we desperately need to be with the Lord, there are the people that look at us and say, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. And all that's left for us is to dive in and go after the Lord. Amen? So here's what I want to ask you. As we reflect this morning and we allow the Holy Spirit to guide our reflection, it's who is that person for you? Who is that person or who are the group of people that you've identified as being the door holders and the door pointers and the Jesus pointers in your life? So what I'm asking you to do is much like the flight attendants on the plane that, you know, no matter how many times you've flown, they're always going to stand up right at the beginning of the flight and tell everybody on board, locate the nearest exit door because you might need that. We hopefully you don't, but you might need to know where that is. So whether you've flown a hundred times or this is your very first time, you darn well better locate the exit door, right? And so it is good for us as followers of Jesus as we reflect to, to locate who are the people that point us to Jesus. Even if we already know they're there. Where are they? Who are they? Because this, what is true and what I know to be true about following Jesus is that we all need to hear the voice of God for ourselves. Jesus, when he was during his season of temptation, tells Satan that one should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we know that should be true. We need the word of God. We need the voice of God in our lives. What is also true is that we're very prone to wander away from the voice of God. I've told you before that one of the most genius lines I've ever heard in a hymn is the line from Calm Thou Fount of Every Blessing. The one that says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. That's one of the most honest things we can sing. I love it because I, every time we sing it, I'm like, yep, yep, yep. No matter how long I've been following Jesus. And what happens when we wander off from a voice, particularly when there's other voices in the room? You ever been like to a ball game or to a festival or a concert where everybody's talking at the same time? Like you literally have to shout at the person right next to you just so they can understand what, 
what you're, what you're saying. Imagine walking away a little bit from that person. And wa- imagine then walking a little further. You hear them speaking, but it's very hard to make out what they're saying. And that's what happens to us in life. The Word of God is always speaking to us, but it doesn't take but a few steps. It doesn't take but us walking away a few steps to the side with all the noise and with all the voices to suddenly have a very hard time distinguishing and discerning the voice of God. And so that's where those people come in to our lives. That's where the people that God has given you to be the door holders, to be the pointers to Jesus, come to be important people in our faith. Because then they can say, the Lord's that way. The Lord is that way. And notice that it isn't a full-blown therapy session or advice giving, not that there's anything wrong with giving advice. But that's not what we're referring to. They simply know that what you need more than any piece of advice, more than any wisdom that we can possibly gather and, and, and share, what you, need to, what you need more than that is to see the Lord and hear the Lord for yourself. Nothing can substitute for that. So I, I got to say a word for all you married folk. You can't be that person, or, or you can't substitute, be the substitute for God for your spouse. You can only be the pointer. As much as you love a person, you can't be the voice of God for them. You can only be the pointer. And so you, and even if it's just like your neighbor or your best friend or the people that you love, that the best thing that you can be for a person is the pointer to God. Because they need to hear from God more than they need to hear from you. They need to hear from God more than they need to hear from me. As Peter said one time to Jesus, Who can we go, Lord? Only you have words of living life, of living waters, words of life for us. So we reflect and we say, Who are those people? And we're thankful. And what you might notice is that as you identify who those people are, you might notice who those people are on the opposite direction. The ones that point to everything but Jesus. And they're there. And for some of us, that might mean that we really ought to consider taking back some all-access passes to our hearts from some folk. Now there's a story in, in 1 Kings, the prophet Elijah. 
And he meets on Mount Carmel with about 450 prophets of the pagan god Baal. Elijah is like the only prophet of God left. I mean, the other ones have been killed or exiled. And he's looking at the people. And he says to them, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. And if it's Baal, follow him. And then afterwards, he calls on the, on the Lord to come and prove that he's the one true God and, and God sends fire and consumes the altar. But that question, that question is a, it's a real one for us today. What are the things, what are the bales in our life? They don't doesn't necessarily have to be things that we worship but things that are commanding our allegiance and in doing so, turning us away from the living God. And one of, the, one of the ways that we get caught up in that is that we listen to too many people. We listen to too many folks pointing us in all sorts of directions. And part of what it means to guard our heart is to say, you know what, this person or that person, we, we might love them with everything we are, but they really don't point us to God. Every time they say something to us, it's negative. Every time they, they speak to us, it's just, it just causes more chaos in our lives. And sometimes what is very healthy is simply removing the all-access pass. That doesn't mean we stop loving them. That doesn't mean they stop existing in our lives. It just means that they don't get to be the people that point us to stuff anymore. Who are the people that are going to point us to God? So here's what we're thankful for. People that point us to God. Spend time with the Lord. That's how they know. That's how they recognize Jesus and the Lord. You remember when Jesus said that the sheep recognized the voice of the shepherd? The sheep of Jesus recognized Jesus' voice. One of the fun things about being a, a dad to a six-month-old right now is, is realizing how much my baby is starting to learn my voice. So that when I say her name, I can tell that before she finishes turning her head towards me, she's already smiling because she knows who's calling her name. We get to be those people. And in saying that, I, I want to I invite you to not only be Peters, not, not only be the people that need someone else to be pointing the door, to the door all the time, but be door holders and door pointers for other folks. And to do that, you need to spend time with the Lord. You need to pray. You need to open your scriptures and read daily. Because you never know who around you in your life, somebody that you care for, is going to need to be pointed to the Lord. And you'll, you'll be able to do that. You'll be able to recognize the presence of the voice of God to them. And, their, and God's love and God's power and everything because you spend time with the shepherd. Here's the other thing I love about people that do that. They get out of the way. 
when it's time to follow Jesus. You notice that the beloved disciple didn't get mad at Peter because he didn't help with hauling all the fish to the shore. I mean, that was a lot of fish, and I bet it was difficult. But I bet he was just as happy witnessing Peter try to be like Michael Phelps and, and, and swim a hundred yards to Jesus. He was probably laughing and enjoying that entire scene because he knew that's what Peter desperately needed. People that point us to the Lord know when it's time to get out of the way. They're happy just to be door holders. They don't, they don't need anything from you or want anything from you or, or simply are going to be calling a depth from you later. They just enjoy the fact that you're going after Jesus. And I believe that's who the Lord is asking us to be for each other. Enjoy when we see our brother and sister pursuing God with all that they have. That's part of the joy of being in community together. And the last thing I'm thankful, and I think we're all thankful for people like this, is that it seems to me that folks that are happy to point to God for other folks are a little less afraid of life. And I think there's a connection between spending time with God and being a little less afraid. And so what that tells me and how that encourages me is that that person had to learn that. That person had to learn to be less afraid. And that encourages me to be less afraid, even when I go through a door that I don't know what's on the other side. Because all I need to know is what Peter needed to know, is that Jesus was over there, and that's all good for me. And so, friends, I want to encourage you this morning. Spend some time today thanking God for your door holders. Some of them are with us today. Some of them have already been relieved of their labor, and they have gone to be with Jesus. Give God thanks. Let's be thankful for that. And let's ask God for the grace to live out that same legacy with others. And if that person is still with us, won't you write them a note or a text message or a Facebook message or whatever you have? Because I know it's true in my life that in the moments that, that I'm a little struggling and, and just simply, you know, have too much on my plate, it never fails that someone will offer me an encouragement about something I said or did that I had long forgotten about. And in, and in receiving that word, I hear God say, see, I'm in control of every little detail. And oh, what peace we have in Jesus when Jesus reminds us that. Oh, what peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.